Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Still Curtain Podcast. I'm your host, Tommy Jagai, editor of SteelCurtain.com. And joining me, as always, is contributor Shane Kubis. We are going to talk about the Steelers' quarterback situation. Such a big topic right now, Shane, and then we won't hammer it anymore for a little bit we're going to give it a break next week uh we're going to do the combine preview that's going to be a fun show then we're going to get into the thick of free agency but for now this quarterback topic isn't going away and so shane i'm going to rank the most realistic options for the steelers in 2024 and then later on in the show we're going to give our pre-free agency uh roster preview we're going to go position by position where are the biggest needs and where should the steelers spend their money in free agency this year. So we got a lot of fun things coming up uh, for today, but let's start with some of the news uh, Shane that's circulating right here. Not much. It's been a pretty quiet week overall. Uh, One of the things is Mike Sullivan has, has officially stayed on the Pittsburgh staff uh, as the senior offensive assistant. So no longer uh, the QB coach, Tom Arth is there and they're bringing in more assistance on offense. Uh, But Sullivan is going to stay around. What do you make of this move? I mean, I have no problem with it. I think that he obviously was a big part of getting things turned around a little bit at the end of the year. Mm -hmm. Obviously, things improved after, um, of course, Matt Cannon was let go and and Sullivan was brought in or not brought in, but was promoted essentially to the, the play calling role. Um, so I think bringing him or keeping him on is smart because again, he has been around a long time. He was getting, uh, job not offers but getting uh, interviews for offensive coordinator jobs i think with the raiders specifically so clearly a guy that's respected around the league so if you can keep more guys like that around i'm okay with that yeah and it's i mean not some sort of like monumental move or no, anything that just, way just but I feel like, uh, yeah it, yeah exactly and so uh, we knew that there were going to be some changes with arthur yeah. smith calling the shots now on offense uh and honestly i think that the change is needed at this point so for things sure. were getting stale uh, so we'll see what his role ends up being. I don't think it, it's not something that's going to make or break the Steelers' chances this season, keeping him on or whether he was were no, to leave or not. So I don't think so. No. Uh, Kenny Pickett has been a huge topic, the biggest topic overall of the Steelers since the offseason began. What did the Pittsburgh do with him? Uh, there's just conflicting reports out there right now about how the Steelers feel about him. I mean, there was there was a report that there was. Uh, some kind of headbutting going on in the front office in terms of, oh, who should be the starter next year? Is it Pickett or Rudolph? I'm like, are those your two options? Like, is, is there, is there, what's option C here? So uh, recently it seems like, and these are some of the things floating out there right now. Uh, Mark Caboli said that faith is fading uh, when it comes to Kenny Pickett in his, in a recent article from the athletic Jerry Dulac, Steelers insider, uh, said the Steelers aren't ready to give up on him yet and just recently joined the Rich Eisen show. So what do you make of all of this? Is it all hoopla out there? Like, what do we know? Like, how, how do we know what to believe at this point, Shane? Uh, so for me, I mean, just based on the comments at the end of the year from Tomlin and some of the stuff that's been said by Rooney and some other things, I think mm-hmm. they certainly are. I don't think they're ready to give up on him. I think the Dulac quote is probably more so the truth of the situation, but I also don't think they're willing to just give him this job. Right. I do think they yeah. do want to, in some form or fashion, either upgrade the position if it's available and they think it's fair compensation, like whether it's a Fields or a Wilson or whatever. Or they want to bring in true competition, which would probably be Rudolph or Tannehill or something like that. And we're going to get to those guys, talk about them a little bit later um, as far as options go. But I do think that they have some amount of faith in him still. I think that they probably did like the small sample size they got post-Canada from him. And I don't think they want to necessarily give up on him. But I also think that they're Mm -hmm. very willing to do so if the right opportunity presents itself. Yeah, and I think that that's probably a fair way to characterize it right now. Obviously, we don't know all the talk and all the conversations that are going on inside. But my goodness, just just looking at the situation in itself and saying this is what we've got in the first two years is enough to move forward with. And that's what we're going to be talking about in our next segment here. Uh, So I want to see what your opinion is on this is going to be, Shane. I'm about to rank uh, my top most likely options, not the options that I would prefer. 
But the what I think in order are the most likely options for the Steelers in 2024. Uh, but before we do that, the Still Curtain podcast is running a deposit match promotion up to $100 for any new sleeper daily fantasy user make mm-hmm. sure to use code fansided2 when signing up to receive your deposit match please remember to always game responsibly can scan this qr code on the screen right now to see if you qualify all right shane let's do this let's rank these options in order because like i said i know that this is this is becoming just a we're beating a dead horse here. Yes. Like it's the same topic. I think some people in our week. in our chat personally were talking about it being a bit of a dead yeah, horse. Yeah, yes. I get. And, and I and but, I haven't checked that yet, but I, and I get it. And I get it. It's it's getting old at this point. At the same time, my thought behind this chain is kind of there's nothing else going on right now. That's one. That's no, one thing. Not secondly, really, no. secondly, nothing else. This team does is going to matter if they don't no. get the quarterback situation right situation right and that is kind of my feel on things right here and so we're going to go over this list uh, are there any chats you want to get to before I, I i start hammering home here uh so there was one and it was just more so about kenny and i was i was talking about our, our twitter chat we we have uh tommy uh, mm-hmm. with uh with the steel curtain guys but uh from of course our barley always likes to chime in here 18 curious to why the universal evaluation of kenny pickett won't grow but is ready right now has disappeared and turned into given to get turned into give him time like we're supposed to ignore the report and his lack of talent that's fair i think that the mm-hmm. give him time crowd is more so like for me it's not even give him time it's i did want to see him in a post canada offense more i did because again mm-hmm. you invest a first round pick in this guy he looked a little bit better for sure and more just competent whenever he did have canada no longer there missing that opportunity because of the injury is really difficult. It does make his evaluation that much harder because now you don't get to see actual field reps consistently without him in that offense, right? Or at least that version of that offense. So it does, it sucks for Kenny and it sucks for the team because it does make that evaluation, like I said, much, much more difficult. But at the same time, I think we've seen enough from him that if the right upgrade presents, presents itself, it is worth moving on from him. Even though you did use the 20th pick on him, at some point you have to be willing to cut your losses if something better is on the horizon there. Yeah, for sure. And that makes sense. And I I think it's reasonable to expect that he could get better, obviously in the post Matt Canada Mm -hmm. era Uh, at the same time for me, it kind of comes back to evaluation. Like I said, I've, I've, I've said this multiple times before I had him 48th on my board. Uh, He was touching my two, three round grades. I did not come close to having a first round grade on him. And so for me, he's kind of been more or less what I thought he was going to be. Now, obviously take Canada out of the picture. Maybe that, Maybe that goes up a good, a good bit uh, this season if he does get another chance. Um, but for me, it's kind of like I wasn't a fan to begin with, and that's why I'm a little bit more willing to, to move on here. Yeah, and other chat we had here was just uh, who was our f- front-running favorite. We're going to talk about that next year, mm-hmm. uh, Jeremiah. So definitely yep. tune in for that. That's what we're going to be talking about now. All right, Shane. So let's dive into this list here. Uh, this is the list I came up with. I'm interested to see your thoughts. Uh, let's talk mm-hmm. about each of these in order here. And so I'm ranking the most likely options for the Pittsburgh Steelers at quarterback in 2024. Mm -hmm. Uh, You're not going to like this list probably if you didn't like the quarterback situation the last couple of years. Uh, But here we go. Number one, Kenny Pickett. I think that Kenny Pickett has the best chance to be this team's quarterback. He's he's, he would be the odds on favorite. I have to believe because he was the first round pick because Mike Tomlin gave him the glowing endorsement yeah. Even after the season to say, is the QB one on the roster? Yes, it yes. is. Yeah. Yeah. Very matter of fact. Uh, I, I just think it, I, I would not bet against, uh, I would not bet on the field here against Kenny Pickett, knowing the investment and knowing the team, it, how, I mean, look at this, the history of this team when it comes to giving up on first round picks. And we talked about this before. I mean, this team was willing to play Jarvis Jones for four years. They were willing Artie to play Burns, Artie Burns for three and a half years. And so yeah. they do not give up on their high yeah. draft picks easily. They don't admit mistakes easily, quite frankly. And so I don't think that they're going to be willing to do so with Pickett unless that right situation came around. So Shane, would you also have Pickett as your number one or do we sought him somewhere else? So it's funny. I decided to do my own rankings as well, just to see if okay. we had any differences. And just so people can see where you're at, we'll talk about each of these options for you. Um, very similar to mine. I do have Pickett as one. Uh, the biggest difference is, is I have fields a spot higher than you at two. Okay. I think that at this point for me, at least and from what I'm seeing, if, if it's not Pickett, it's because it's Fields, and if it is Pickett, it's because it's Mason Rudolph coming in to compete with him, and he beats him out. Mm-hmm. Those are the like if you're looking at the top three options. Okay, those seem to be kind of what I think is going to happen. And you kind of have a similar situation where like you have Mason as the second and Fields the three, so it's mm-hmm. really just like a 
playing the odds game more for you because obviously Fields is yeah. on the roster right now and Rudolph has played for us for a long time. So it makes sense to have him too. Yeah, yeah. Just playing the odds basically, just knowing yeah. that there's a better chance that Rudolph is on the roster right. and pick it because they can sign him, they can bring him back mm-hmm. on a cheap deal. Now I don't I've I've been very adamant that I don't think that it makes sense to have both Pickett and Rudolph on the roster. I really yeah, don't. I don't. I don't think so. And yeah. If it, your if your idea, Shane, is to add more competition in addition to that, yeah. Either Pickett or, or Rudolph is getting bumped down to the inactive QB three, and neither of those and guys are going to want that role no, after what they've no. Rudolph deserves so a backup job somewhere after what he showed last year. And if it's not with us, it should be mm-hmm. with someone else. So, and I think the only way that that does make sense is if you dra- if the QB three on the team it's is like pick. a day three draft pick, and then right. we obviously right. he's going to start at that QB three role. If it's right. a Ryan Tannehill or someone uh, who already has a higher reputation than mm-hmm. either of these guys, that though that player is not signing with this team to be the third string quarterback. Like you're going to be no. QB two at the minimum. And so yeah. I do have Rudolph as my number two. I think that that's the second most likely. Unfortunately, right. and again. Right. Remember that this is a list that of of likelihood. Right, uh, not it's not it's not our <laughs> not preference. preference. And so, Kenny Pickett number one because he is the investment here. He is the team that the the guy whether you like it or not, they still believe in him at least somewhat. I know uh, there's those reports that internally the Steelers are kind of torn, but they're torn between those two guys apparently. And so that's why I have Rudolph uh, number two, uh, number three on the list, Shane. Uh, I have Justin Fields, and you had him as your number two. Yep. I think that there's a better chance than what people, so a lot of people out there are giving this situation credit for. And I think one of the biggest factors, Shane, is if you look at the rest of the league, there aren't that many teams that make sense for Justin Fields. And we kind of went through this on the last pod, but the teams with the top three picks in the draft, they're all in prime positions to turn the page, new organization, new coaching staff, start fresh with a, a new quarterback, and they can do that within a really good quarterback class, get a guy with four years and a fifth-year option on a much cheaper deal and not have to worry about, oh, is, if Fields does do well, do I have to turn around and pay him? So it doesn't make sense for them. doesn't make sense to go to Las Vegas and, and pair him uh, with the coach that kind of got uh, Fields into this situation to begin with. And I, so I really genuinely think the only options that make sense, the Steelers are one of them, and I think the Falcons could be the other. And outside of that, you're kind of stretching for for reasons to believe that it could be a different team. The Bears aren't going to keep him. I would be really shocked if they kept him and Caleb Williams because that's who they're going to pick yeah. with the first overall selection. And then the Patriots might have an outside chance, but I think it really comes down to the the Steelers and the Falcons. So if it's not the Falcons, there's a good chance that he's on the Steelers. And that's the thing about the situation that I think makes him, for me, the number two option. And again, it's the same type of thought. It's like Rudolph probably is a better betting favorite for two because if the Fields trade doesn't happen, he would be the mm-hmm. most likely, in my opinion, because he's probably going to be brought back to compete then. But I think the Falcons, the, there's so much talk right now. And Grant, I've been through the top six quarterbacks yeah. personally, so I'm not on this train like i do not think he's worth of this high of a pick but jj mccarthy is probably going in the top 10 picks based on what we're what everyone is talking with him and while i think that's very rich for a guy who has a really high likelihood in my opinion of not making it because of just age and how soon he might have to play if he's drafted that high mm-hmm. but if that's the case the falcons could be that team right like the falcons could be the team that says you know what screw it we need a new quarterback we have a young we can bring in a young guy with a really talented offense around him. maybe we can make it work if, if they don't want to go to fields, if they don't want to make that trade, right? Or they might even take a guy in the second round that might fall, like a Penix or a Knicks or whoever it might be. I think Knicks probably mm-hmm. goes early too. But there's, I think the only team that would do it, other than the Steelers to the Falcons, and there's a good chance that they might just take one. They might just, because they're high enough in the draft. We're not. That's the key thing here. Yeah. We're not high enough in the draft to take a guy that has a high potential. Now, a Knicks might fall to us or something like that. And while I think he's a better prospect than Kenny, I don't know if I want to spend a premium pick on another quarterback that's in the middle of the first round. Like, it just, it feels mm-hmm. like everything is lining up where the Steelers have the most benefit to get fields because of our draft position and, and who's available to us. Yeah, and I think that that's reasonable. I think that you can – it's kind of understandable why the odds are so high out there, these odds from DraftKings and FanDuel. Mm-hmm. So you, you talked about like the Falcons. If they decide to go that different direction with their new coaching staff, they could say, let's turn that page. Let's get our rookie quarterback. Now, if they were to be interested in fields, then it makes for an interesting predicament because 
they are picking higher in each round than the Steelers. And so, yeah, so they, have more they were to offer, offer the same thing. Like that. if they, yeah. if they offered their two, a third this year and a third next year, and the Steelers did the same, well, obviously the bears are going to go and take the, the higher draft capital. So you're going to go up uh, in each round. Theoretically, it would be the same uh, the following year as well. Just yeah. assuming where Steelers are going to end up being. Mm-hmm. So uh, there's no incentive not to take that. I mean, I don't think it's, they're going to say, I mean, they're not in the same division. They're in the same conference. So it's not like, Oh, I don't want to trade. Justin right. Fields to the Falcons, so I, I don't think they're that threatened by him, especially if they're going out and getting the guy I believe is you, better than you that ass, anyway. You would assume so. Yeah, so, so. Uh, yeah, so that's just one factor there. Um, and then also, I mean, it, it has to be mentioned, Mike Tomlin likes Justin Fields. He this is not does. a secret. You certainly can go does. back to during the pre-draft process when he was at Ohio State's Pro Day. Uh, he's enthralled by this guy. You could see j- just he, – he, ha- he felt the same way to me, Shane – about Justin Fields as he did to like Najee Harris, where he just gets infatuated with some of these guys in the pre-draft process. And it's also interesting to note that uh, Jerry Dulac came out and said, if Fields would have been available to the Steelers in that draft, he would have been that selection. Now mm-hmm. you can go back and dig up a, a previous tweet that said, if Fields was available and if Najee Harris wasn't on the board, which to me, it's like, yeah, if I you think you have a I franchise to, quarterback, I don't think about that. Yeah, and, and you are picking a you're picking a 24 year old running back with mileage. Like that's just uh, I, I can't. I, it's I funny. Can't, I can't get of, there. So kind of anyway, before I get yeah. upset, yeah. I let's go on to the next one here. Number four, it, this pains me. I've got Russell Wilson here, and and yeah. I personally, Shane, I want no part of Russell Wilson. Like I'm, I would almost rather just see another year of. Of Kenny Biggett, didn't they go with Russell Wilson? Like, I, I think that he's toast in this league. I don't know if you yeah. have a different opinion on him, but so, what I've seen has not been super encouraging. So the, the problem for me with Wilson is not so much that he's truly cooked, it's that so if first of all, if Sean Payton doesn't think he can play offense with you a quarterback, that's not good, in my opinion. Like yeah. that's not a good sign. But more importantly, the, Russell Wilson has always been a very unique quarterback, right? Yes. He is not a traditional quarterback in almost any really like any way. Like he doesn't Use mm-hmm. the sh- he doesn't use the quick game very well. He doesn't throw over the middle of the field. Doesn't he doesn't really use slot receivers ever? If you go throughout his time in, in Seattle and other team like other places, like he just never really used that position very much. As big as it is now, he's very much like he's he's a true playmaker in every sense as a quarterback, right? And that's what he was. And he he's got one of the best deep balls maybe ever, actually, which is also mm-hmm. kind of interesting about him. But the little things about his game didn't mature. In the, in the NFL, he didn't add those things to his game as he got older. And I think that's what's gotten him in trouble is now he doesn't do all the, the, the more simple stuff and some of the stuff you need to be able to do to consistently run most offenses. So he's very much like either it's everything's got to be very simple or he's got to make a play. And he doesn't make the plays at the rate he used to now these in his mm-hmm. mid-30s. And again, you can't go to some of the more complicated stuff because he just never did it, right? The Seattle never made him do those things. And I think it's too late for him to learn those things realistically. I don't think he's going to improve at a lot of that stuff in his mid thirties. So you have a very limited ceiling and a very, even not that high of a floor at times. Mm. And he's not going to do all the simple stuff sometimes even. I think in in our offense, he'd be okay because it is very, it's probably going to be very simplified the passing game, but I just, I don't think it's enough of an upgrade over what we have at this point for it to, for us to pay like whatever amount of money it might be. Now it might not be any hardly because you know, he's getting paid by the Broncos just basically for being out there. He's has mm-hmm. money still coming his way, so you probably don't have to pay him that much if it's if he's offered a starting job from us. But again, is it worth it to waste a year essentially mm-hmm. to see if he might be able to get you to the playoffs and win a game? Like, I just don't think so. Yeah, I think it's far more likely that they would rather just roll the dice with a third right. year of Kenny Pickett than to go for with sure. a guy who's been struggling as an older player. And so, and the other question I feel like, Shane, you, you got to ask, like, does this guy just doesn't have any control over the locker room at all? Like, I just, it doesn't I mean, seem it's like just, it a lot of the interesting, time. So yeah, many guys have come situation. out and said weird stuff about his tenure in Seattle and other things. Like, mm-hmm. obviously, you're hearing it from people who just had issues with Seattle ultimately at some point. So maybe it is more that, but he's always been kind of an eccentric guy. Like, it's, it's not, mm-hmm. he's not a typical player or a typical quarterback, right? It's just, kind of what it is so it'd be interesting in our locker room for sure we've definitely had our fair share of interesting things with that Uh, so maybe they would Mm -hmm. take one of that maybe they wouldn't it's hard to say yeah this one just does not interest me at all but i do have to put it on there because 
We know that Russell Wilson is going to be a free agent. We know that the Steelers are looking to add competition. I don't know, like to me, in my opinion, Shane, like I feel like it's not a kind of like you said, it's not a big enough step up from Pickett that they would even like to have that extra guy in the room here to say it it just muddies the waters. I feel like even more than it already is right now. And so I do think that it, it, I mean, as much as I don't love this fit and getting Wilson at this stage of his career, I do think it would probably be an upgrade over what you'd get in a, in a year three of Kenny Pickett. Uh, but probably, I don't know if it's worth yeah. worth taking the chance on at this point. Well, the fact we have to say it probably is kind of the issue, right? Yeah. Like yeah. we know that a Fields is going to have more upside and more potential than anything Kenny's capable of. And it's just the nature of the position mm-hmm. with his talent level. But with Wilson, it could just continue to get worse, right? He could be a worse version of himself last year because he's a year older. Um, so like, I, I will yeah. say I had your next guy as four, just cause I feel like if they go the veteran retread, it's probably a guy who mm-hmm. knows the offense better. That would just, that just makes sense to me, but I do know there's a lot of smoke yep. around Wilson and the Steelers. So it makes sense. Okay. And so let's talk about that guy. I've got Ryan Tannehill at yeah. number five here, mm-hmm. Shane. And the reason why I put Russell Wilson before is, is I still, I don't know. I do, I do think that Tannehill fits the team better. Obviously he's played with Arthur Smith, his two best seasons by mm-hmm. far came when Arthur Smith was the offensive coordinator of the Tennessee Titans. However, I, a couple of factors here for Tannehill can't stay healthy. Nope. And his most recent sample is worse than Russell Wilson's. And so I kind of view him and I don't know if the Steelers feel the same way. They might, I kind of view Ryan Hannahill Tannehill as just a high end QB two at this point. So I, I do think that there's a better chance that Russell Wilson could be the starting quarterback uh, of the Steelers. And I think that this, if the Steelers did sign Tannehill, it's to be the QB two to right. kind of work with Pickett, Pickett to push him, and if things go sour with Pickett, which they could, then Tannehill would step in at that point and take over. That's that's kind of what my thought is too. Is I think you sign Tannehill if you can't retain Rudolph or don't want to to be the QB two slash QB one, depending on the battle that would happen there. And so you have a backup quarterback that you can trust that actually knows the offense to a certain degree. And if Pickett probably inevitably struggles a little bit or gets hurt himself or whatever. You have a guy that can come in and actually run this offense properly. Right. Again, I think Tannehill's days as a starter are over. I don't think he's a starting caliber player anymore. Um, It's unfortunate for him because he had that quick resurgence and then all kind of fell apart once Arthur Smith left actually, ironically, but I do think he'd be a better fit as a backup than even Rudolph would be or pick mm-hmm. it if Rudolph got the job. Like I think he's just a better fit for the, for the offense. Yeah. So it makes sense for him to be the backup at the start of the year if they stick with Kenny especially. Yeah, for sure. And if this was only a list of who's which quarterbacks on the Steelers roster, yes. I would move Tannehill up for sure. Probably, would be yeah. three at the it minimum probably. And so, right, yeah. Uh, and it wouldn't surprise me. Like I, I still kind of feel like there's a chance that Tannehill ends up on this roster somehow. I just kind of don't view him as a QB1 no. anymore at this point. He just, he's yeah. gone downhill his last couple of seasons, can't stay on the field. And so right. I think if the Steelers do sign him, it's to be that, that QB2 to, to kind of get the insurance policy for Pickett there. Uh, and to give him a little bit of a push, maybe it pains me to say that Kirk Cousins is this low on my list, but let's go to number six. Yeah. The best Kirk quarterback Cousins. is sixth on the list. The, the, the best option of them all, yeah. Shane, happens to be not probably the most likely option, unfortunately, yeah. because of the money not, and the guaranteed money that you're going to have to give him in free agency. Yeah. Also, it just feels like this is also a potential Falcon if not a Viking. Yeah. Yeah. I still, I think he's a Falcon or a Viking and more likely Mm -hmm. a Viking. I think the team wants him back in my, just from what I've seen, I think the receivers specifically, Justin Jefferson wants him back. And that could be really important because the contract negotiations are kind of iffy from every source you kind of hear. There's interesting thoughts about that. Like, I think they still want to compete next year. I think that they think they can if they draft well, especially if they can get an edge rusher at 11 that they really like and retain one of their edge rushers they have and just stuff like that. Like, if they can do those things, I think they find view themselves as a competitive team. And they're not going to be if Cousins isn't the starter, probably. Like if they can, they can bring in a rookie at eleven, or even maybe if you can get Penix in the second round, I think that's like a great fit for him. But are you going to compete with him in year one? Probably not. Cousins gives you that opportunity. You could even still do both. You could still take a quarterback later with Cousins on the team. So I just don't see it happening. He would be the best quarterback by far that we could get, of course. But between the age thing and like you said, the guarantees coming off of Achilles, like. There's a ton of things that make it just not a Steelers type of move. 
Yeah, I agree with that. And I think that's why I've got them low on the list. Now, yeah. obviously, you and I would be all for this. We, we would raise oh, our for hands sure. for this one if we were in the meeting yeah. room. But I, point, I feel like – Yeah, sure. Yeah, I mean, if the Steelers were to sit back and think about this for a minute, I think the window lines up kind of nicely because you've got Watt turning 30. you got Hayward mm-hmm. turning 35. It's it's going to come down to the Benjamins here, and it's a lot. It's gonna He's going to be a, a very, very pricey quarterback. I would rather – if this was the only free agent move that I made – this offseason, Shane, I'd rather do this than anything the Steelers are about to do because I think the boost is significant enough mm-hmm. from Pickett to even a, a recovering uh, Kirk Cousins from that Achilles injury who's going to be 36 years old. I think this is the move that can take you to that next step where you're guaranteed to make the playoffs. I would go that far to say that. I think that you can go on a playoff run. So I think that this team with Kirk Cousins right now can be kind of similar to how the Titans were uh, several years back with the Ryan Tannehill run yeah. uh, where they went deep into the playoffs and made it to the AFC championship game. Like you could potentially do something like that. If you get like a 30% boost at the quarterback's position, because it is so valuable. And I think that cousins is really good. Like four of the last five seasons, he's had a QB uh, a passer rating of over 103. Like that alone was more on her hundred over or excuse me, more hundred plus pass rating seasons than Ben had in his 18 year career. And so yeah, granted, and not, different not, errors, again, but yeah, for the most part, yes, different errors, not putting cousins on a pedestal above Ben or anything that way, but cousins is really efficient. He knows where to go with the football, when to go with the football, extremely accurate. One of the best pure pocket passers in the league. And I do think he would fit this offense really well as also. And so, uh, that one I would love. I just don't think the likelihood of it is nearly as high as, as some of these some of these other guys are where uh, we would like it to be, Shane. Yeah, like if your only goal was simply I want to get as far as I physically can into the playoffs next year, then Cousins mm-hmm. would be the only guy that she would be paying attention to. Yeah, the yeah. But it's just – unfortunately, it's just not really what they would do, and I don't think that they mm-hmm. want to even look into it personally. Um, but we kind of know that that's what this team does, right? They're not always trying to maximize potential. They're trying to just make sure they're mm-hmm. good enough and then go from there and hope for the best. Yeah. And I'm, I'm always like forward thinking, but in this case, like we've, we've kicked the can so far down the road. At yeah, this point, Shane, you I'm have like, so many veterans. You need to go in, you like to, you need to go in right now. Yeah. yeah because I mean, what, what's window of dominance is going to be done soon. Hayward is going, his career is going to be done soon. And so I feel like now's the time you got to capitalize on it. And if it means taking a couple of void years or, or doing something like that, that I'm not a fan of, you got to, at some point you either need to go big or go home. Like you need to go all in or all out. And I feel like teams have done this in the past. Like the Texans are a great example of a team that went all out in order to uh, open a window up again. So they were given like these guys, uh, just like these one-year contracts in free agency, they were saving all their money. They were stockpiling draft capital. Now look at how fast they turned things around once they got their draft capital in order and all this money to work with in free agency. Uh, the Rams are a team that was the opposite, right? They they backloaded contracts. They traded away all the draft capital. They made sure they did everything that they could capitalize on that window, and they went out and got Matt Stafford, and they ended up winning Super Bowl because I think you have to do one or the other if you're a serious team that actually wants a Super Bowl instead of just going like plateauing at like nine or 10 wins and yeah and, and sneaking well, into the playoffs. we have a chance right we're in the play we're in the dance we have a chance there, there there's yeah yeah there i mean they'll be there they'll be in the mix at least so i would have yeah. to imagine if, uh, if only we we're in the nfc here, you know if only we we're in the nfc maybe we're maybe, NFC, maybe we can make that work but yeah i think it would be a serviceable quarterback right, over this exactly uh the, the last one i have listed here shane and i didn't go beyond this because i think once you get to like the that Jacoby Brissett and any other options that are it's all the theoretically same available out there. Yeah. yeah it's, I think it's very minuscule chance that guy ends up being your QB one. So the last one I have listed here, number seven is a rookie quarterback of some type. I didn't specify because uh, I'm kind of grouping them all in, in yeah, together. Cause I, I don't think, I don't think one necessarily has a better chance than the other. Like JJ McCarthy, probably a trade up situation, Bo Nix at 20. Like, I just don't think the likelihood of any of these things happening is very good. And secondly, if they were to happen, they're not guaranteed to be inserted into the starting lineup. Like if they, if it was a McCarthy, if it was a younger guy, they could still roll with Pickett and then just wait for the injury sake. Like we saw them do this with Broderick Jones last year when Broderick was so clearly a better option than Dan Moore. And yet Dan Moore was never the guy that lost his job. It was a quarter for it that lost a job that, that allowed Broderick to start the rest of the season. So yeah, I just don't give this team enough credit for making the right decision that even if they drafted a rookie quarterback, he would be the starter. Yeah, I think the only quarterback that they could draft that is realistic and he would start right away is Bo Nix because he's o- mm-hmm. older, he has a ton of experience. They wouldn't worry as much about that part of it. Be very similar to Kenny, but now granted, 
Kenny didn't start either to start his career, but that's because they signed Trubisky specifically to make mm-hmm. him not have to start. And then we know how that went. So yeah. maybe they won't do that again. But I do think the problem is, like you said, regardless, almost any quarterback they draft, even at Knicks, they probably let Kenny lose the job, right? Like mm-hmm. they probably let yep. him go out there and prove that he can't do it. Yeah. Now there's a, there's the element of like, if you take another first round quarterback, you're going to let your previous first round quarterback stop you from playing that guy, considering he's the reason you drafted another first round quarterback. That's a whole other kind of like meta discussion within the sport, but I would still say the Steelers, I'm not betting on them to just start the rookie in any situation, regardless of, of context. So yeah. <laughs> because of that, I do think rookie quarterback has to be last on this list. And then if you go get like a uh, Spencer Rattler or Michael Pratt or whoever else, like mm-hmm. those guys could end up starting at some point if Kenny isn't good and they go in there, the backups or whatever, but none of them are going to start week one. You know, that's just not going to yeah. be what they do. So I do think this is pretty fair to have it here. Yeah, I think regard. I don't. I mean, even if they trade up for Drake May, like I wouldn't be confident <laughs> that the Steelers would start him because it's just what they do. Shane, look at last well, yeah, year. We need to let him sit for like three games. It's fine. It's it like, was after the bye week. After the bye week that Joey Porter got finally inserted in the lineup and so replaced a, in a, a, just a dreadful Levi Wallace. And and I, I feel like they just don't recognize this. Like Keanu Benton never played. Even a top like three or top two most snaps along the interior defensive line, even though he was their best interior defensive lineman last year. And so it's frustrating. Uh, I, I feel like they they show a lot of veteran favoritism. We call it right or wrong, whatever you will, but they do that. And so that's why I have a rookie QB uh, so low on this list in terms of likelihood of being that QB one for the Steelers next year. Uh, any other thoughts you want to share on this, Shane? Any, any other uh, chats you wanted to get to? Uh, no, no other chats I wanted to jump into, but I will say – the thing with the Steelers that really cracks me up is you talk about the veteran favoritism, right? I would be okay with that if they would just get good veterans. Like, yeah. they have like the couple that are really good, obviously, like the guys mm-hmm. they've drafted and developed and stuff. But like, why are they showing like any sort of favoritism to Levi Wallace or even like Patrick Peterson or the, like they? It's not like they're yeah. doing anything for you. Like, le- put putting Levi Wallace on the bench was mercy, in my opinion. Like, it, it was good for him mm-hmm. to go sit down because he was just he was just literally hurting himself basically being out there it's just i just yeah, that I one mean, really still bothers me personally it, it always i feel like it comes down to like past reputation i mean this I is guess, pa- yeah. past reputation is the reason why tomlin goes out and trades for a william jackson the third who was Not terrible and, and it's not even clear medical <laughs> checks and so like you can look at like the eric ebron example like Fryermuth was a better player from the time he was drafted yeah. than eric ebron was and it took the steelers a while to recognize that and actually switch them roles in the offense so they just it, it's just a trend it's it's a trend that's I feel like it's going to exist as long as Mike Tomlin is here. Uh, they're not going to, they're not going to assume that any of these rookies are better. They're going to let the veteran lose the job yes, before the, again, the rookie can gain the job. So, I just, I don't know, but it is moving, frustrating. Let's, let's hope some on. of these philosophies change. Yeah, moving on. All right. If you are a fan of the Pittsburgh Steelers and you would like to support the Still Curtain podcast, please consider subscribing to the Still Curtain podcast on YouTube. We appreciate all of your support and we are close to that 500 mark here of yes. subscribers so please help us get over the top uh if you enjoy the podcast that you've been listening to uh tell your friends about it we'd love to uh, be able to bring you more content routinely all right shane sure. second half of the show we are going to break down the steelers pre-free agency roster preview let's go position by position here let's just talk about each group for a second and then at the end of this let's talk about where should the Steelers spend their money in free agency this year. If you are looking, if you're considering the strengths of the draft in everything else as a whole, I think there are some telling signs of where the Steelers should go in free agency, whether or not that proves to be the case. It remains to be seen. Uh, but let's just right, start right here. We'll start right at the top of the order with the quarterback position. Obviously, Kenny is the only guy officially under contract. They could very well bring Mason Rudolph back if they want to add that competition. Right. Uh, we know that there's going to be three guys in this room. There always are. Uh, but this is obviously a big position of need and one we just spent a bunch of time talking about. So we'll just brush by this. But uh, what do you think uh, uh, they need to, to do here to, to fix this? Again, I, I do think you need to bring in a free agent quarterback or more importantly, a possibly a trade candidate. Right. I think Fields, as much as I still question whether the risk is worth it, because, again, I think you could find yourself in this weird purgatory type of situation if he's just good but not great or bad or whatever. I still think it's their best opportunity that is realistic for them to do 
to upgrade the position, right? Is to go get a fields, right? Yep. Wilson is going to get cut. I don't think he's worth bringing in. We talked about that. I do think bringing a Ryan Tannehill in, if you can't bring in a veteran option that can legitimately compete with Kenny would be the next best thing because he knows the offense. Like we talked about, he'd be able to hopefully accept that like he this mm-hmm. is out in his career and not be difficult and actually help Kenny along. And in a worst case scenario, he can play in that offense. It probably won't be anything close to the success he had earlier in his career with them. But it should at least be probably a good baseline of quarterback play considering mm-hmm. the offense. So I think it should be trade for fields if you can do it, especially if it's decent capital that you don't have to give up. Then after that, it's signing either Rudolph back to compete with Kenny or Tannehill to to mentor slash be there in case he needs to play. Yeah, and the one thing I want to say on the quarterback position in free agency uh, that we didn't talk about yet is I'm really interested to see which – thing happens first is fields traded is cousin signed like when this yes. legal tampering period opens up on march 11th like whatever decision is made first could dictate what happens with the other guy here in this situation so if like for example if cousins does sign with the falcons for loads of money that really increases the Steelers odds of getting fields i would have mm-hmm. to imagine because yeah like we said the suitors just aren't out there it makes more sense for other organizations to do different things uh, in their current state. And so that's the biggest thing that I'm looking for uh, when it comes to the quarterback position in free agency. All right, running back, Shane, we're pretty well said here. Obviously, Najee Harris is under contract. I'd imagine that fifth-year option coming his way. Yep. Uh, Jalen Warren's going to be here this year at least. And then beyond that, they're going to have to make contract decisions. That's for uh, a later podcast, obviously. And so we yeah. could debate that, and you might know where I stand there. If you yeah. were to pay one of these guys, what you would do. Uh, yeah. But um, we'll talk about that later. They could use a, a third string running back. There's no doubt about that. They could use the Benny Snell plus or whoever you want to call him that can be that can play special teams and come in in a pinch because the Steelers cannot bank on the health of Najee and, be, and Warren being as good as it was last year. These guys didn't miss a game. And so uh, I think that it's unreasonable probably to expect that again next year. Yeah, I think the main thing they need to do is they need to do one of two things. Either sign somebody who's a primary special teamer like mm-hmm. they tend to like in that role who can maybe play a little bit of offense if need be, or a day three draft pick that could also fill that role possibly. Right. Um, I think it is important that they can play some amount of special teams because I think it just makes it more likely they stick yeah. on the roster, but they just have to find somebody who they can throw out there in case these two need a break. Cause no one took a carry that was running back officially, except for those two last year. That's probably just not going to happen two years in a row. Like Najee's been super durable despite being banged up a lot of the time and just kind of playing through it. Warren, the way he plays, there's always a potential that he could get hurt or something, and especially the running back position. Mm -hmm. I do think a third running back is semi-important because of that, but also it's more so just having a, a special teams guy who can make an impact there too. And for that reason, Shane, you hit it exactly. I would much rather go the free agent route and spend minimum or maybe a little bit higher than that. I don't care if you spend Gunnarowski money like on a special teams ace running back. I'd rather do that and keep the draft right. capital, knowing that the guy's not going to run the football. <laughs> like as right. long as Warren or not and, and Najee are here and they're healthy, whoever they draft on day three isn't running the football. They're just here for special teams purposes. So use that capital yeah. elsewhere would be my preference. And I can absolutely see them signing a running back in free agency to be that guy that competes for the RB three spot on the roster. I think that there's a a solid chance of that happening. Uh, Running back at at fullback is suddenly on the radar again. Like this is a dead position in the NFL outside of a few teams. The 49ers are obviously one of them with Kyle Huszczyk in Arthur Smith's offense needs a fullback or an H back. You need something in that role. Like I want to ask you is, is Connor Hayward enough for that? Is he a good enough blocker for that? Or do they need to find a more specific, like, a fullback specific type player for that role. I hope it can be Connor because I don't want to use a roster spot on a fullback and yeah. Connor. And I like Connor a lot, mm. so I don't want to see him go. So like, I get that, yeah. But again, I don't want to have a fullback type and a Connor Hayward on the roster at the same time. That seems like, a just, little redundant. Yeah, it just feels much investment, but that yeah. Yeah, like even if Connor's technically the third tight end, like that means you have three tight ends and a fullback on the primary roster. I just Again, it's just not how I would do it, but it's certainly in play. Like, I think it's possible. I think mm. Connor, I think he can block enough to get it done. I just wonder if Smith is going to pound the table for a true fullback that is a primary blocker and not much else. And if that's the case, fine. Like, I don't, I don't know who mm. I look at just because, again, I just kind of don't pay attention to fullbacks anymore because it's just not worth putting time into yeah. it. <laughs> um, there's probably some six foot, 
two 240 pound kid from North Dakota or something that probably could play fullback <laughs> in the draft if I had to guess someone someone like that. But you know, I, other than that, I just if they want to add it, that's fine, I guess. But I just I'd rather just let Connor play that role if you can. Yeah, I mean, a couple of names out there. I mean, I let's see. I mean, I just don't. I just don't think that they're worth it. Like you said, I mean, I can absolutely see the Titans, or excuse me, the the, the Steelers. I'm saying the Titans because of Arthur might as well. Might as well. In my it, head. Yeah. <laughs> I can see them devoting a total of four spots between so tight, tight end and, fullback, and yeah. a fullback H back type player, and so. Uh, I don't want that to be the case. Three is is the ideal number, but we know how important they are to to what he wants to execute, and so they could do something like that theoretically. Uh, there are no notable names out there. I'm looking at it right now. It, Keith Smith, that, that's yeah. a possibility though, because he was on the Falcons, 32 years old. I mean, there's just a couple names, and and I just I don't know. This one scares me a little bit that like they might be willing to like maybe spend a day three pick on a guy that fits that. I kind of hope that's not the case. They can go out and get uh, a, a a hybrid type H back maybe for that potentially. Uh, no more time on that. Like I, I spent like five more minutes than I wanted to talking yeah, about fullback there. We're good. Yeah, we're good. Uh, wide receiver, Shane. I feel like uh, this is a position. Um, I feel like they, they have to do something right about the depth on this team. I think they're good with what they have for the starters. Can't imagine Allen Robinson could be on this roster much longer with a, you could save $10 million instantly when he, once he is gone, he's got an $11.8 million cap hit, something like that. I'm spitballing right here. Yeah, so I think, uh, I think he's going to be yeah. gone. Calvin Austin. I like, but I just don't know how he's going to fit in Arthur Smith's offense, unless they just want to use him as like a pure deep threat. You need a wide receiver three realistically. Uh, whether that comes on like day two of the draft, like I can see them going like as early as the second or third round. Uh, maybe one of the, they, they two have two fourth round picks. I think that's a very good possibility if they don't address it before then. Uh, but free agency, like would you go the free agency route on a receiver? I think it depends on what you're ultimately trying to do. I think if you just need a third receiver for a year or two and you want to keep the two guys you have in place for the next year or two with Pickens Mm -hmm. and maybe Deontay coming back beyond next year, then I think a free agent addition, you know, along the lines of like maybe even as much as a Tyler Boyd or someone like that. Yeah. Or some other guys are out there. Like I, you know, I have some names here, like a Noah Brown, Matt Collins, like Brown had a really good year for the Texans. I expect him to probably want to come back there, but they might want to upgrade from him. Matt mm-hmm. Collins is a good schematic fit. Obviously, just was with Arthur Smith and the Falcons. So, like he would be familiar with him. He's a free agent, as far as I know. So like that would make sense. But I think if you want to draft somebody who you think could may- maybe eventually be a wide receiver too, when Deontay inevitably leaves, that's where I look at the day late day two, early day three of the draft because of the the depth of talent in the draft, right? And you yeah. can still do that even if you plan on keeping Deontay around past this year. But I think especially if you don't trying to nab somebody who can be your receiver three now, but potentially be your receiver two later, that would be much better to do in the draft than for agency. Yeah, I would say so too. I mean, it's not like there's a plethora of options out there for the picking. What's interesting, Shane, is you probably technically could save money going from Allen Robinson to Tyler Boyd as you your could. slot receiver. In terms of just here. pure cap hit, so that, yes, absolutely. Yeah, and, and went after displacement. And Boyd is obviously a better football player. Yes. He can block. He's he's reliable. He can do more after the catch than what Allen Robinson can. And so uh, that would be intriguing. But again, that's I I don't want. I still don't think I want to spend that much money on a wide receiver. No, it, it it would have to matter what his market is. And I think there's a couple of teams that mm-hmm. are willing to pay him, you know, eight nine million probably to come in and yeah, be a, probably some. Uh, which that's probably that's more than they probably should devote to that position at this point. So. I think so too. I think they're probably better off going the draft route. You do need an upgrade there. You need to get a little bit more explosive uh, yes. in terms of depth there. Uh, let's talk about tight end here. We we spent some time on this a little bit ago. We think that with the addition of Arthur Smith, Shane, I think that Darnell Washington's role, it, this is better for him now. And I think that it's worse for Fryermuth. And tell me if you have a different opinion on that, but Fryermuth just is not the blocking type. Like I think he would be better in like, yeah just tons of 11 personnel just use him as like the the joker tight end uh put him out there uh flex him out in the slot and just let him work as a receiver i don't know how much of that he's going to be afforded to do now how much in line he's going to be asked to play uh does this become a need for the steelers or are they still good enough uh to get what they need in terms of blocking ability for arthur smith's wide zone 
I think ideally it doesn't have to be a bad thing for Pat Fryermuth, but I think it's going to be, unfortunately. Like I think they could use mm-hmm. him in, in a lot of interesting ways, even within this offense, on play action, getting up the seam, getting across the field, catching it. We know what he can do after the catch when he has a chance. It doesn't have to be. And I hope that maybe he views him. He's not as fast in a straight line, especially, but I almost hope he views him as like a John U. Smith, right? Mm-hmm. Where like he's the move tight end, he's the guy that you get on the move as a blocker, and he's going to be better at blocking in those situations. Like if he plays him like that, which granted it's not the number one tight end role in the offense technically, but if he's smart enough, which I want to believe that Arthur Smith is a smarter guy than he showed as the Falcons head coach, so I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt here. You look at Darnell Washington as the tight end one in the sense of like in the running game. He's the guy mm-hmm. that point of attack tight end right you put him on the side of the field you're running the ball to ideally or motioning him over bring him in like doing that stuff and then pat can be the move player in that offense at tight end if he does that i think we're great at tight end because washington's a great fit for that there's a blocker and i think he can especially on play action where he doesn't have to make you know a bunch of cuts on like this long developing route if it's just like a little over route or a crossing route you can get up to that speed he showed in the combine he might even be more effective as a receiver then too but this is the Steelers, so it probably won't go that way. And mm-hmm. Pat will probably get pushed by the wayside. Washington will maybe not like supersede him in terms of snaps or targets or anything, but just be kind of viewed as the guy that's a better fit. And Pat probably ends up finding another team not long from now. That's what I worry about. Yeah. But I don't think it has to be that way. That's the key thing. Yeah, and, and preferably, Shane, I would like to not have to spend any more resources here for now, no. at least as long as Pat is on the roster. And we'll right. see what happens with him after this because obviously that the contract situation is interesting. If he yeah. takes another step back or if he doesn't, I mean, if he's not a big factor in the passing game, I would not sign him to a second contract with his lengthy injury history. It, yeah. I know, and I feel like in, in the right situation, I do think that, that Pat can be a really good receiving tight end for somebody. Uh, But if he doesn't take that step forward, if he can't stay healthy, I wouldn't consider signing him to big money next year. Uh, But for now, at least I'd like to think that they're okay. Maybe they go and bring in a Michael Pruitt or something like that. Like that would not surprise me at all. (laughs) Just like a, uh, some, some like Arthur Smith retread comes back. If there's there's ever a tight end that play, like other than Smith himself, obviously, but if there's ever Mm -hmm. a tight end for Arthur Smith, it's Michael Pruitt for whatever reason. So, yep. Yeah. He's, he's got his guys. I feel like. Yeah. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Yes, she does. Uh, let, let's just look at the offensive line, like as a whole, um, obviously the Steelers have a, a glaring need of the offensive tackle opposite of Broderick call that left tackle. If you want to, I think Broderick can play either side and ideally I'd like him back on the left side, I think. And then obviously they've got a need at center. Uh, they need to find improvement over Mason Cole of the two. I think that it's much more likely that they address center in free agency, Shane, just because of, of the talent pool that's going to be out there. Do you agree with that? What do you want them to do? I definitely think it's it would be easier to address center than tackle. I think there's a couple of tackles that would be worth bringing in if you're willing to pay them, but I think it'll be easier to attack center um, for sure. One, they just don't make as much. Even the good centers don't make as much as tackles, obviously. And I think there's a few more of them going around than than especially if you're looking at right tackles, trying to get Broderick back over the left side. That's what I'm trying to do, right? Yeah. Like. So I definitely, if we're targeting free agent, offensive lineman, centered makes a ton more sense. Although Jackson Power Johnson is pretty good. If he's there at 20, might be hard not to take him if you can address tackle. Yeah. But I do still think it's, it would be a better use of resources to attack free agency at center and, and tackle in the draft. So I'd probably lean that way. And this is the one issue, Shane, with having free agency before the draft is yes. because, like you said, if you go out and you, and you drop – 10, 12 million dollars on a on a uh the name Connor, of Connor, 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 Williams, Connor Williams. Andre James Brewster. is a good player. Like, yeah, there, there's several quality options that are still like haven't even quite reached the prime of their career in terms yeah. of like offensive lineman goes. If you do that, you can't really go and afford to make that investment now. Uh, if you were to find really good value, like say Zach Frazier in the second round or JPJ in the in the first round, 
it becomes much more difficult because you've already done that. And so that's the one thing that I, that I don't like about free agency. That's, that's what, that's At the same true. time, though, the, the, the center talent lines up much better in free agency. Uh, whereas if you're looking at offensive tackles, like the best guys, you look like, like a Trent Brown or someone like that. You're getting an older guy closer to the end of his career. Uh, and they're going to come with a pretty steep price tags as well. And so if you want one of the few uh, high level or starting uh, above average starting level tackles out there, you're going to have to pay. And and I mean, free agency, it's it's the, the motto is you pay great money to good players. And that's yes. typically what it ends up being. And so how much do you want to overpay for a tackle? And the other th- factor you got to consider, Shane, this is a tremendous offensive tackle class. Really, really good. Like I'm fully on board. If you're, if you don't want to get a quarterback, which it doesn't seem like they want to, I'm all for getting an offensive tackle in the first round, because I think that you're going to get guys that you couldn't normally get. Uh, There's, there's going to be like five or six guys that will probably be worthy of going in the first round. And I think one of them will fall to the 20th pick there. So it is very interesting that way. Yeah. Uh, let's look on the defensive line. This is an area where the Steelers suddenly have some pretty big needs coming up here. Uh, K- Hayward's obviously nearing the end of his career. I think that you could make a case, Shane, that starting this season, Keanu Benton is the best interior offensive lineman on, or defensive lineman on the team, uh, barring how strong Hayward comes back from fully recovered from this groin injury. Uh, I think it's, it's clear it's going to be one of those two guys. Joby, I would cut him. I, I just I, that contract sucks, and I don't. I told. I said at the time. The Steelers, I, I think they got a little bit nervous when the interior line market was getting depleted in free agency, and they had to cover their bases by throwing yeah. like 28.75 at Joby on a three-year deal. And I'm like, I don't think he's worth that. Lot, lot I, I, I don't know. I, that one to me, it's like I, I would not be shocked. This would not, not shock me if the Steelers threw a big contract out to, to try to get somebody uh, for an upgrade at that position in free agency. Yeah, for me, I think it matters what they want. If you want to get a nose tackle in, not as many of those guys, in my opinion, actually, in this free agency class. I think it might be a little bit difficult to get somebody who is on the up and up or at least is like actually still playing well as a run defender. Yeah. Because Benton, I don't want him to be a nose tackle long term. I just think he's better as like a three tech, realistically. I think his pass rushing ability and his, mm-hmm. his, he's good at the point of attack, but I like him as not the main guy taking double teams. I agree. In yeah. Situation. So, like, I don't think they can do that this year, though. So, if you want to replace, place Ogan Joby's role as like a as a pass rusher. Javon Kinlaw actually had a decent year for the Niners in his last year for them. I think he's gonna hit for agency though. He didn't do enough to keep mm-hmm. his job there. But just as a pure pass rusher, I think he's good. Quentin Jefferson has been kind of like a pass rusher for hire in the inside the last couple of years. Seattle Jets, he was very good this year. I could see him, you know, getting a, a decent pay bump from his like three and a half million, but still nothing crazy. And Daquan Jones, if you do want more of that run stuffer type, is going to be a free agent. I think the Bills bring him back as he they're much better at run defense when he was playing. So I think that matters to them. So he's probably going to go back there. But those are just some guys that I see. And then also retaining Armand mm-hmm. Watts, I think, is important too. We talked about that before, yeah. actually. Yeah, but I'm a big fan of that as well. And and we even said maybe straight up at this point, maybe you'd rather have Watts and Ogan Joby. Like Probably just, on a personal basis, at least. Yes. Yeah. Ogan Joby was just moved too easily against the running game. He's not a full time player, and he's not. He's also just not a an ideal like pass rushing interior guy that's just going to come and not anymore and, and get pressure no. either. So no. Uh, but I do like my preference would be Shane uh, the the D line class this year in the draft is still not as good as what the free agency group is. Like, there's the, there's the top end to it, and then yeah. I feel like the middle of it doesn't It falls off really fast. So you're yeah. on Newton uh, in, in Byron Young, and then and then it falls off pretty quickly after that. So if you're not willing to spend a top pick on that position, I don't know what you're getting there. I don't know if you're getting much of an upgrade. So yeah. I would actually – I wouldn't mind if the Steelers looked for an upgrade in free agency, although I do think that would come with – roster displacement and trying to save some money with Joby's bad contract that they should have never right. given out. But right. uh, let's talk about edge. I mean, if there's a safe position on this team, it's the edge defenders, these outside linebackers, call them if you will, here, TJ Watt, Alex Highsmith, uh, second highest paid duo in the league behind uh, Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa, deservingly so, I think. They're pretty stinking good. Yeah. Uh, Nick Herbig is going to be a good uh, rotational edge. And so that leaves you really, honestly, you could get by with just having uh, for the Steelers philosophy. Now, preferably I would like to have five edges on the team. The Steelers don't do that. They always run with four for that fourth guy. As long as he can play special teams, like I don't need a high investment, uh, draft or free agency really. Yeah. I, for that, for that position, I, I just kind of have insert veteran slash 
undrafted mm-hmm. slash set like fifth, sixth, seventh round pick here. That's basically what it is. I think it's going to be someone of that build, someone of that type. And like you said, I'd love to have more than three actual guys you could throw out yeah. there. We did this past year, which is but didn't use them most of the time, which that's a whole other conversation. Mm-hmm. But I do think the fourth guy is going to be just like either like a retread veteran special team or a guy that can play a little bit or whoever, someone like that. Yeah, and it, that's just the case. That's always been that way. Just like, always been that way. Like a, yep. It's an Ola Denny or a, it's it's a uh, Cassius Marsh or a Jameer, a Jameer Jones. Like. All that fourth guy is really just a special teams player. You don't get any defensive usage. Yeah. This last, this year's last year, we last time, first time we did it was always because Herbig was a rookie. Like they just like yeah. And, otherwise, and Herbig, it would have just but, been three. But. but proved good enough to be get to, to get on the field anyway. Right. And I'm not opposed at all to bringing Marcus uh, Marcus Golden back. No, he's that fine. He's the fourth. Move, That'd be great. Actually, I'd feel better mm-hmm. about that than he's not going to be that special team. teams guy for you. No, but I'd rather but. have the rotation on deep. A healthy rotation yeah. is more important to me than yeah. than getting a guy that just plays special teams there. Uh, let's talk about the linebacker group. A lot can be done about this still. I mean, Quan Alexander is no longer under contract. His career might might effectively be over Pretty with. Much, uh, think, he's in the middle of recovering from a ruptured Achilles, and 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 I'm going through the same as well. I know how difficult it is. Yeah. Uh, it, Landon Roberts is really that Vince Williams role downhill. He did decent at times in coverage last year. That's not his forte though. Kind of banged up a lot, and then I. Uh, Cole Holcomb, I mean, he's suffered multiple season-ending injuries. You just can't count on his, his health either. They do need more stability here. You cannot get into a situation where you have Mark Robinsons and Miles Jacks and Michael Walkers getting on the field for this team. Like, those guys were just unplayably bad. Yeah, it, for me, it's just I don't know what they do because I don't want to spend a ton of money in free agency. I don't really know. I haven't looked at the linebacker class for free agency, mm-hmm. so I'm not sure what kind of guys are going to be out there, but – this draft also, there's definitely linebackers I like, but the problem is I don't know if because there isn't many of them that they're going to go earlier or later. Like it could go either no. one. Like there's guys that I th- I don't think there's anybody that's a true first round type of linebacker, which I don't like taking linebackers in the first round anyway, just because it tends not to work out unless it's like a top eight pick and it's just, I agree. it's not worth it. But like if you can get one of the better linebackers in this class in the second or third round and you've addressed other positions for free agency, then it might make sense. But, like, mm-hmm. again, like, there's a linebacker for, I think, NC State, I think Peyton Wilson is his name, I think, is if, if yep. I have that right. Yep. He's awesome when I've watched some games from him. He gets hurt every single time he plays, it feels like. <laughs> like, so it's like, do you want to take a guy like that? Because he mm-hmm. get a boom for you, but he also might play five games a year. So it's like, okay. And then Holcomb has that same issue. I think he's a really good starter when he plays, but is he going to play? Right. We just don't really know with him. It something has to be done. I am just very torn on like where you go to do it. Yeah, and it seems like uh, since busting on Bush, like this team has been content, like streaming them in free agency. Just, yeah, just like I insert kind of feel like in here. Yeah, yeah, and that's. I mean, I, I'm actually not opposed to that, just because the position has been so devalued. Unless yeah. you have like a, a great one, Fred Warner. Yeah, having a yeah, great that, one is awesome. Having an okay one is fine. But it's really and there's just not that many good ones <laughs> like, out there. And so yeah. I, I just and I agree with you hundred percent. I am not drafting an off ball linebacker in the first round these days. Like until that trend turns around, if it ever does again, like they're becoming very much yeah. like the running back. You, you just have to be a freak for, if you're gonna go like and actually already get yeah. linebacker. Because a lot of these guys aren't good at linebacker yet, but they're so athletic they take mm-hmm. them early and then it takes them three years to be good. And it's like, all right, exactly. well, we just wasted three years of play basically because you weren't good until now. So it's like, it's and not tough. only that, they get so much wear and tear on their bodies. Um, yeah, and, and a lot of yeah. like, it really like how many linebackers playing in the league today can you justify? Like these guys are worth a second contract. I mean, you never get to third contract unless you're like a Bobby Wagner like level right. type of right. player. And so I just I feel like they wear down so fast anymore. Mm-hmm. I kind of would rather just stream them in free agency and then maybe draft them like third, fourth round and hope right. that. One of those draft guys for athletic traits, role. and you hope that they can make something mm-hmm. happen. Yeah, and there are some names out there. Let's get Josie Jewell, who's had a, a solid career in Denver, yeah. but it's like it's you're getting more or less what you have essentially mm-hmm. already. And so uh, there's there's not going to be any names that are going to be a significant upgrade in free agency over what Steelers have, but it saves you some capital, I guess, would be uh, the benefit there. Yeah. Um, let's talk about cornerbacks here. This is the one position, Shane. This is the position I feel like if you are to drop like a bunch of money in free agency and you're not going to do it on Kirk Cousins, maybe do it for a cornerback because I, I don't dislike the, the cornerback draft class. I think it's, it's awesome. It's very solid. I think it's really it awesome. is. But the bust rate 
for drafting cornerbacks is still remarkably high yeah. and it, it makes it so you're, you're going to miss out like on this elite tackle class as well. And so that's, I think it works a lot better if you go tackle in the draft cornerback in free agency rather than vice versa. And so uh, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, I'll put it pretty simple. If you can get one of Snead or Johnson, then you do. If mm-hmm. one of those two hits free agency or both, I don't think both. Well, I think at least one of them probably will, but if both of them hit, one of them has to be a stealer, in my opinion. Like that's just what it comes down to. Because these guys do not make it to free agency like this typically. Guys who are still young enough to get a second contract, who are going to have three to four years probably of legitimate like outside starting play, they just don't get here very often. So if one of them does or both, I'm on the phone with both. I'm like, hey, offer them pretty much the same contract, I guess. You know, I don't know who would who's going to get the bigger contract. Probably Johnson, I would say, but. But just say, hey, what's your what's your asking price? All right, cool. Go figure it out with the books. Let, let me go check that out. Mm-hmm. Like that, I really think that that's what they have to do if they can do it. If you can't, I still think because I don't want them to have to take a corner first round. Although I'm not necessarily opposed to it because I do think there's a couple guys who are not not bust proof because no yeah, corner is bust yeah. proof, but are talented enough for me to go. Okay, I think that's worth taking a risk on them. But go get a. You know, I don't know if he'd ever consider coming back here, but I wouldn't mind Steven Nelson for a year. He's still a good player. Yeah. Um, you could mm-hmm. take a chance on like a retread that has kind of gotten pushed away, like in the Dory Jackson, who had a rough year, but is really athletic, could be a good player. Christian Fulton had an awful year with the Titans, but he's very talented. You could take a shot on him and see if he can play. Like, you know, it's just something like that. They need to address it in free agency, regardless, just so that way it's less of a need in the draft, I think. Yeah, I would be floored if they didn't sign at least one mid-level. Like, right, some type of at least like, probably start. Yeah, that that's. I think they're going to at least do that with the potential to do more. And if they don't do that, I would be very, very surprised. Yes. Uh, and, and like you said, I this is a good cornerback class. Whatever corner, whatever the top seven corners you draft at pick 20 will be a better prospect than Artie Burns was coming out. I had a oh, third round sure. grade on Burns. Sure. It, it was just bad, bad process in yeah, a bad cornerback class. They, they, they just panicked when William Jackson got William Jackson. Team. That's what it, it was. Exactly. Yeah. And so it, I do like these corners. I just feel like, boy, it, what do you do at tackle? Like if, if you don't get to tackle in free agency, now I can't do it a fourth year of Dan Moore. Like I, I just yeah, can't we, do it. I don't think anyone so, can do it. I don't think Dan Moore And, and it's not it. about like, and, and again, I am all for draft the best players at the most valuable <laughs> Valuable positions. I think that should be every team's philosophy. And if you stick to that, you're going to get some really good draft classes. But I do think that this it happens to be one of those drafts, kind of like last year, uh, but even more so where the need and the talent lines up perfectly together at that offensive tackle position. Maybe you can get a J.C. Latham, uh, Talese Fuwaga, or maybe you can get a uh, a Marius Mims, somebody at that pick right there that would be good value, that would fill a big position of need. And it would be at a top three most important position in football, which offensive tackle is, in my opinion. It's like yeah. quarterback, edge, offensive tackle. So yeah. that's my preference, Shane. And so because of that, I'd like to throw a bunch of money at a great cornerback to go opposite of Porter so that you do not have to do that uh, in the draft. Because I, yeah. I can certainly see a scenario where the Steelers are taking cornerback in round one. Uh, but that would be my preference. I do think they at least get like the mid-level uh, free agent corner to at least cover their bases. Uh, and then with maybe the potential to be a, a starter for a year or two there. Um, what about the safety position? I know that outside of Minka, like there's no stability here at all. Um, I don't love the way that Minka's contract is structured either. I think the stewards can do something about that $21.4 million cap hit this year. I would, I would assume. Yeah. So, but I just, I'm not a DeMonte KZ fan at this stage in his career. I've never been a Keanu Neal fan. I thought that one was pretty awful actually. And so, uh, do you think that there's a big enough need for this, or do you think they're going to be content just saying, oh, we're just going to keep rolling with what we've got in these aging, injured players? Uh, I mean, so the safety class, I actually like some of the safeties, and they're probably not going to get taken early, so mm-hmm. maybe you can get away with taking one of them like a second, third round. If you don't, Terrell Edmonds maybe? <laughs> Bring him back? After He's the out there. I mean, the guy I mean, stays healthy. That's one like, thing you can say about you him. You know what I mean? I I don't know because I don't want to invest any money in the spot because we're investing agree, a yeah. lot already. But I don't like what we have. So it's like I want them to do mm. something. I don't know if what it's going to be, but I will probably be a little bit upset if they don't do something. <laughs> yeah, maybe just like, a change. Maybe just a change of some sort. Or something. Yeah, like here. it's just – I don't know. It, I want them to do something. But like you said, it's it can't be a, a huge investment money-wise mm-hmm. at least. You can draft somebody in the second or third round if it's the best player available. 
But if it's not, then I, yeah, you just need to do something still, I think. Yeah, I agree. And, and this is, again, another position I do not want to spend draft capital on, preferably. Like, even if it's like, I mean, you, you go there with your six round pick, whatever. It's like, it's, it is what it is. It's just, man, there are so many free or the, of, safety's floating in free agency all the time and you yeah. said like Edmund, like would you rather have Edmonds essentially on a veteran minimum deal save that pick and maybe use it on something oh else? for sure just, if they do it, yeah yeah, just, yeah. yeah. And, and i just I, I don't it's not a good safety class either in the draft no. by the way and so this is it's just i just don't have a lot of interest in going that route unless you were to find really good value somewhere and obviously i'm going to be watching tons more film to uh to yeah, see if there are any well. sleepers there well. potentially yeah, uh all right so one last question here, Shane. So what is what are the positions that you would want to allocate your money to in free agency this year? So I have five that I think are the most likely that they're going to attack in free agency in some shape or form. And I have mm-hmm. just have them ranked in terms of like how highly I'd be willing to invest in terms of like whether I think it'd be smart to do so. So corners, number one, pretty easily. We talked about yep. that. It makes the most sense because of who could potentially be there. And the fact that you don't want to have to rely on a rookie corner again to maybe be your first or second best player in the secondary, right? Like it's just they. Joey was great. Hats off to him. That doesn't happen a lot, all right. Like that, it just doesn't. That doesn't often yeah. happen. It's happening a little bit more frequently, but I think it's just because of the strength of the classes. And that you could say the same thing with this class, but that's definitely something that I'd want to see them spend on. Then you look at center. We talked about like center and tackle are in the same tier for me, but center want like above them because of the fact that the center class is better and i think it opens up tackle in the first round which i think we both are very interested in doing for them hopefully Mm -hmm. so we'll talk about that but those two and then then interior defensive line because i do think again that right now it's just not good enough with what we have and ogunjobi should be gone which is going to open up a legitimate hole in terms of snaps that you need to replace then receiver where you can get a third receiver, hopefully, and just have someone there that makes it so Austin doesn't have to be that guy because I don't think it's his best role. Yeah, I agree with those completely. And even in that order, Shane, the other one yeah. that I would add is give me a punter in free agency. I'm done with oh, yeah. draft capital. Yeah. On this well, undrafted punter, maybe you know, undrafted punter. I get get the guy from Australia or whatever. Sure. That's whatever what, happens. That's the way. That's the way to go. It seems like for for punters, get the for former sure. soccer just, player. I don't. Yeah, care. so, so just, who played soccer? Uh, this guy. Right? <laughs> No, I, I love that list, and I and I agree completely. Yeah. Cornerback, center, like those are the ones that I love. And, and again, not that there aren't good center options in the draft. I think that Graham Barton, oh, there's, there's really uh, ones, Jackson, yeah. uh, uh, Jackson Powers, Johnson would both be excellent uh, options. But it allows you to save that draft capital and go with an even more important position. I don't think anybody should argue that that offense tackle is more important than center. Cornerback, you you can make a case, but it's still it's offensive tackle on this team. Offense average 17 points a game. Like yeah. you've got to get your offense better. It starts with having great protection. So I think uh, I, I agree with that. I those that's the same exact order that I would have my list. Uh what do you guys think? Let us know where should Steelers spend their money in free agency. What did you think of our quarterback rankings? Most realistic options for the Steelers right. in 2024. Uh, we'd love to have your thoughts. If you if you want to share that, please drop them in the comment section down below. We go live on this show every single Wednesday at 1.30 p.m. Eastern time. If you enjoyed it, please tell others uh, about this show. Please like and subscribe. Uh, thank you for joining us on the show today. You can follow Shane on Twitter at Shane Kubis. You can follow me on Twitter at Tommy Jagai. You can download the Still Curtain podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Also, check us out on YouTube or ask Alexa to play the Still Curtain podcast. And thanks again for listening to the Still Curtain podcast. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.